Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Black Friday. This is Christy Dole. You're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. Very, very excited about today's message. Um, my goodness, it's very loud outside my window. I hope you guys don't hear those motorcycles. Um, I hope you guys all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, I know I did. It was just me and my family. It was just me, my kids, my husband. Um, he went and grabbed his mom from the nursing home, brought her here. She ate a little dinner. Um, and yeah, it was just really low key and, and relaxing, which was nice. Um, I would say the last three years we have been doing Thanksgivings, just us. Um, was it last year? My cousin came with her two kids and her husband. So that was fun. But you know, I think there's something to be said about, just doing a low-key Thanksgiving where you're not expected to be somewhere and socialize and like do all the things. And yes, that's wonderful. Um, but I just really want to make a, a push for, you know, if you just want to have it, you and your family, I, I would recommend doing that. By the way, guys, it's it's Friday morning for me. I'm having my coffee, so I'm going to take a little coffee sip. <sighs> um, but it's funny, yesterday I went for a walk and was listening to the Glennon Doyle podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, and they were giving tips to survive, you know, Thanksgiving dinners. And I just thought to myself, I am really fucking happy that I am not in a situation where I spend my Thanksgiving with people that I need to... Um, that I need to prepare and plan for emotionally, you know? And if you do, first of all, I get it. I do. I think there's some scenarios that are unavoidable, right? You, you know, you're, you live in the same area as your family and it would cause a huge rift. Like I fully get that and really want to kind of offer you a suggestion that your life isn't meant to be something that you survive. It's meant to be something that you thrive in. And if you're having, oh, also guys, I am a bit under the weather. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. So I apologize for the sniffles and, and for the nasally voice today, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're in a situation, today is like literally the best day to think about this. If you just spent Thanksgiving, which, you know, this American holiday, that's all about being grateful and having gratitude. Um, and you spent it essentially surviving it, <laughs> essentially surviving the people that you have to be around. That is the biggest red flag that you have got some work to do in your life. You have some boundary work to do. You have some self-trust, self-respect, some self-love work to do. Um, so yeah, today is a great day to sort of reflect on that. There, we, we don't ever want to make ourselves wrong for it. You're not wrong for being in that situation. But now that you're listening to this podcast and you're kind of thinking to yourself like, you know what? Yesterday sucked. It was horrible. I had to put up with this one and I had to put up with that one. And I had to, you know, my boundaries were violated here and, and my kids weren't respected there. Like that is your sign. This is your sign to really start doing some work on yourself. And here's kind of the headline of it all coffee break. Ah. 
just so you guys know, when I drink coffee, I don't always go, ah, but I am right now because it feels funny. Um, but here's the biggest headline of it all is like, they don't need to change. You don't need to worry about how they are going to change. You, this is all a you thing. This is an inside job, right? So today's discussion, I want to talk about the stages of spirituality and really the stages of healing. Um, I did a Instagram post on this earlier this week and it was, it was pretty popular. So that told me, let's dig in a little bit deeper. Okay. So I'm going to call this really the stages of healing or the stages of spirituality. But the first one, and honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you are not here. Um, you wouldn't be interested in me or the work that I do if you were here, but this is asleep, right? This is just people that are asleep. And let's start this conversation by remembering not to make them wrong. Because at one point you were asleep. At one point I was asleep. Um, I believe that we are all born really awake. We are all born. And if you see a baby, they are just in wonder. Everything is joy. They're happy. Unless, of course, they're hungry or they need something, right? But those are the only times that babies ever really cry is when they need something. And that's just, it's not that they're upset. It's like they're communicating with you. But pretty much 98% of their of a baby's existence is just in joy. It's in full surrender and trust. It's just such a beautiful thing. And now that I have a eight and a six-year-old, I'm sad that that phase is over. You know, my, my six-year-old is still very much in her subconscious play, her subconscious. I can see that she's still very much there. My eight-year-old, who's about to turn nine in like a month or so, um, she's, she's still in her imagination and stuff, but I can see how she's changing. I can see how her personality is shifting from kind of that trust and surrender and just full trustful surrender to me, to life, to, you know, her conditioning is starting to take form and her, um, yeah, just like her, I guess, adultness is starting to take form. Um, but I believe all babies are born this way. And then what happens is life and, you know, your brain starts changing around seven or eight, and then it's changing again when you're like, hitting when puberty is really hitting and then your brain isn't really fully developed until you're, I think, 25. Um, but being asleep is just not, it's, it's essentially once you sort of left that period of seven, eight years old, and now you're kind of really in your conscious mind and your conditioning and your programming that you had from zero to seven, people that are asleep are just operating underneath that operating system without questioning it, without exploring it, without asking themselves, is this good for me? Um, people that are asleep are really tend to listen to authority without asking any questions. Um, they tend to just sort of go along with the program. Um, and listen, you can be awake, right? You can be someone who's awakened and, and is doing all of this work and still listen to authority, but you're doing it from a place of okay, this is what, you know, society is saying. I'm going to run it through my own authority, my own um, decision-making, you know, factors within myself to see if that is going to be good for me. And if it is, then, you know, so for me, I consider myself to be 
very high conscious and awake. And I obviously listen to authority most of the time, but there's definitely times where I question it. Um, and not to get too much into things, I, I don't ever want to um, bring anything that polarizes you guys, but I, I'm going to use an example of the COVID vaccine. So lots of people are against it. Lots of people are for it. I am someone that I tend to not jump at medicine, right? Like, of course, if I have a headache or something, I'll, you know, I'll take a, an Advil, but I'm not and there's no judgment, no shame to anyone who does that. I'm just talking about me. Um, but like, you know, if I've ever, um, when I was younger in my twenties, I know a doctor tried to put me on like ADHD medication. I just, it's not my thing. Um, it's just not my thing to medicate myself. Um, that being said, I'm not really into vaccines either. Um, I think that they absolutely serve their purpose like, you know, a hundred years ago in this country, um, the decisions that we make for our children are private, but I'm just not really quick to jump on those things. However, and I'm going to be fully transparent here when it came to the COVID vaccine, I did not want it. I didn't, but something inside of me was like, mm, this is actually, this wouldn't hurt you, Christy. And it actually would give you peace of mind and make you and, and actually protect you. So I actually did get the COVID vaccine, right? Um, and this is just my personal story. This isn't to affect or influence any of you guys. I just really think that it's important to ask yourself, how does this feel for me? And as someone who doesn't like medication, as someone who has chosen not to vaccinate their kids, I got the COVID vaccine, which I know might seem like hypocritical and not in alignment. But guess what? Self-trust is not linear. Self-trust is not, you know, okay, everything goes into this box and everything goes into this box and it's black and white. No, like being an awakened human for myself is non-linear. It's fluid. It's the feminine. It's wild. We don't know. And for me, I just say, I really tuned into my own body and while I got the shot, I got both, you know, the first and the second round. No, I draw the line at the booster. I'm not getting the booster. But um, each time I said a prayer as the needle was going in, I said a prayer for this um, vaccine to be cleansed of the highest, you know, whatever. I can't remember what I said, but it was basically a, a, a prayer to, to keep this um, vaccine to do its job and nothing else. And so that felt good for me. And that's a part of being awakened. It's a part of just making decisions for yourself and not worrying about what anyone's going to think about you or what everyone else is doing. And let me tell you, when my, I don't know if you guys know this, I've talked about it a little bit, but my aunt actually died of COVID last year. And I got the, va I got the vaccine before she got COVID. But then when she got COVID and she went from, just having COVID to coughing, to being admitted to the hospital, to getting on a ventilator, to then basically her lungs completely, um, I don't know what the word is, but her lungs were completely destroyed by COVID. When all of that happened, I was so grateful that I had gotten the vaccine. And it just, it was like the universe's way of saying like, because again, 
not that this matters, but she didn't get the vaccine. She never had it. Um, so anyways, that is an example of making a decision, not from a place of being asleep. Although a lot of people think that people that got COVID vaccines are just, you know, listening to the herd and da, 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 da. That was a decision that I made purely based on how it felt in my body. And there's nothing more high conscious or awakened than that. Okay. So being asleep, um, is like, you're just unaware that you're, you know, that you're magnetic, that you're magic. You're unaware that you fit into this massive society. You feel like you're separate from everyone. You know, if your neighbor is suffering, you kind of are just like, oh, whatever sucks for them. They should have planned better. Right. Like you don't have that distinction that we are all one and that when one suffers, we all suffer. So being asleep, you know, I don't have the statistics on this, but based upon my experience living, I'm going to say more than half of, of, I guess this country is, is for sure asleep. Okay. Coffee break. If anyone's drinking their coffee. Okay. So moving on. The next stage of healing or awakening or spirituality is awakening. And this part is ongoing. Like this could literally happen when you were eight. <laughs> this can happen when you're 88. This can happen in your 30s. This can happen after you have children. Like there's no point in time where this happens for everyone. It's really fluid and it's going to be happening all the time. Once you become awakened, unless you are just like, ah, I can't do this. And you just choose to go back to being asleep. But then at that point, are you really asleep? Um, awake and an awakening is just ongoing. It's constant. There's never, I tell my clients this all the time. There is no there when it comes to your healing. There is no place that you're working to get to where once you get there, everything is great forever and ever. That just doesn't exist. So an awakening is where you start to understand the power that you hold as a human. This is where you start to uncover bit by bit, experience by experience, you know, podcast by podcast, information by information, essentially how, like who you are and how you fit into the grand scheme of things. You know, this is where you start to learn about energy and how everything is energy. And your brain, once your brain really starts to understand that concept, your brain can really start to understand like, oh, you know, if I am in a good mood, you know, I'm going to bring things to me that bring me a better mood. When I'm in a bad mood, you know, it's okay to be in a bad mood. But if I don't, if I just allow the bad mood and continue to pile on to the bad mood, that's just going to bring more things. So here's where you're learning about things like law of attraction, law of vibration, manifestation. Um, you're questioning what happens when I die. Um, all of these types of things, you know, you're, you're learning about, um, patterns and triggers and your inner child and whatever you might be learning about, um, essential oils. You might be learning about crystals, like astrology, anything that opens you up to the fullness of who you are. This is the awakening stage. And it's, 
to me, I think the awakening stage is one of the more beautiful stages because it's just, it, think about a, a three-year-old or a four-year-old that's just discovering, you know, a really cool exhibit at a museum for the first time. It's like they're in awe and they're just taking it all in and they're so curious and there's no ego because you're just in awe and so curious about everything around you. So it's beautiful. All right. Let's talk a little bit about ego deaths. Now, I have done a couple of podcasts dedicated to ego deaths. So if you really want to dive in deeper, I would go listen to those. But an ego death is something that inevitably happens to everyone who is awakening and who is actively healing. And here's why. There's parts of ourselves that we were conditioned to be. Um, that might not necessarily work for us when we get older, or they might not necessarily work for us as we move through life. Um, let me use an example. So, you know, let's say you are the only child and growing up, you got everything you wanted. And if you cried, you'd get it. And, you know, that's how your parents raised you. And now you're, you know, 22 years old and you're living with a bunch of roommates and you're not getting your way, and your roommates have zero patience for your outbursts, your temper tantrums, and they're like basically telling you, listen, you need to like cut the shit or you need to move out, right? This is a moment where you are going to enter into a phase of, of your ego, a part of your ego dying. This part of you that has a temper tantrum whenever she doesn't get what she wants. It's just a part of you that was conditioned into you that just doesn't work for you anymore that gets to die off. And this can happen in a number of different ways. You could get kicked out of that, you know, roommate situation and it's like boom right there like oh my god. I really need to work on this part of myself cuz I don't want this to happen again, right? Um I remember I had a best friend from when I was like 12 until about 30. I loved her with all my heart. She was like my sister and um the first time that she ever broke my heart, I was, I think, 28. Uh, no, I was 30. Yeah, I was third. No, I was 28. It doesn't matter. But she basically just dropped me. She, We had been best friends that whole time, and she met a guy. And she just dropped me. And we had talked one or, once or, one or two times leading up to the drop, and she kind of just was like, you're like, you know, you're too much and you're this and you're that. And some of it was very hurtful and unkind and, and, and not okay. But some of it was true. You know, some of it was true. I, I was loud and, and kind of like, look at me, look at me and annoying and like all of these different things. And when, when she left my life, oh my gosh, it crushed me. It was like a death it was like a death. It was, it was so, so hard. And the part of me that died in that whole experience was the part of me that didn't treat friends great because I had it conditioned in my mind that they'd always be there because this person had was, you know, I knew her since I was 12 and in my head it was like, oh, she'll always be here. So I can, I can be obnoxious. I can do this. I can do that. I can be a know-it-all. I can, you know, tell her I, I told you so, even even when she's in pain. Like there was definitely certain aspects of myself that um that weren't really the best friend. And not to blame or anything, but I learned those aspects from my mom. I learned those aspects 
by watching how my mom was was with me and her friends or her family. And so that right there was a part of me that died off because I didn't ever want to hurt a friend like that ever again. And I didn't ever want to be hurt like that ever again. So I remember that was an ego death that I had. This this summer, the part of me that really just felt like it was important to be included, to you know be a part of the cool mom group, like all of that stuff, which is just so silly because there are no cool moms. <laughs> all the moms are cool. Like in all honesty, all, all women are really unique and interesting and cool in their own way. I just had this very middle school mentality about who was worthy, who was cool and who wasn't. And that's a part of me that died off this summer. And it was painful and it was hard and it was sparked by betrayal of people in my town and, and you know, a friend that I had that betrayed me. All of that was like super painful, but that part of me died off. And today I feel so much more free, so much more empowered, so much more powerful when I step into social settings. I don't have this part of me that needs to be included, that needs to be a part of whatever, right? So that was a part, that was an ego death that I had. So ask yourself, what parts of you that you may even think, well, this is just how I am and this is my personality. That that right there is a key indicator that you're that that's a conditioning. Um, Because I don't really think people are born with traits that keep them small, keep them stuck, keep them, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's always a light and a dark to every trait that we have. But if there's a trait that has a darkness to it that you're just like, well, this is how I am, that in and of itself is keeping you stuck. So just really ask yourself, like, what are some parts of my personality that people have told me about? that um i recognize within myself that aren't working and like just really get curious like what would it take for that to go away does it will does it take something really sad and tragic happening or is it something that you can actively work on and kind of investigate and choose to have a different way of being all right now i want to talk a little bit about a dark night of the soul and a dark night of the soul is a phenomenon that happens to everybody. Again, if you're asleep, you're you're not going to you you could walk through these things, but you'll just be like, "Oh my god, my life sucks," right? When you're in an awakening and you're um working on your spirituality and your healing and a dark night of the soul comes, you know that it's for your highest good even though it's so painful and so hard. But a dark night of the soul is typically sparked by something that happens in your life. This could be the death of a loved one, a divorce, um, you know, moving, getting fired from a job. Um, it also could be something like really small, like, you know, for me, a dark, a dark night of the soul that I walked through this summer was sparked by just the end of a friendship um, that I ended because it was unhealthy for me. But it really sparked a lot of loneliness and a lot of um yeah, just a lot of residual stuff that had kind of piled up, piled up that I wasn't paying attention to. And then it was just sort of all released um, through this like this vacuum of of letting that friend go. But a dark night of the soul um, 
is kind of where your DNA um, coding, this is kind of like not just your physical DNA, like your hair is brown, your eyes are green, but your energetic DNA. This is where like it actually kind of gets upgraded in a dark night of the soul. But a dark night of the soul, again, imagine somebody died and it just pulls the rug out from under you. And you're just really kind of like, what am I doing? It, it, a dark night of the soul really asks you to look at your life. Like, what am I doing? Does this matter? Is this working? Am I happy? You know, and it it can feel like you're depressed and you, and a lot of times you, you might be depressed. Um, I believe that depression is a natural part of life. Um, obviously if you're clinically depressed and it's, you know, like I'm not a doctor, so obviously talk to your doctor and stuff if you need medication and whatnot. But I believe that having periods of depression is normal. It's what you do in those moments, right? So if you're depressed and there's no meaning to it, there's no purpose, there's nothing that you're inquiring about, there's nothing that you're exploring, then yeah, you're just depressed. And that's that sucks. But when you're depressed, and there's a part of you that's like, okay, what what is in here for me? Why am I depressed? What happened recently? What have I been doing um, that led me to this moment of depression? What have I been ignoring? What have I been pretending? Those are all the right kind of inquiries while you're in a dark night of the soul. So dark night of the soul is really just a period of time where you're being asked to go inward to reflect on a part of your life that maybe got blow, blew up somehow or that just isn't working for you. Now, the void is another aspect of um, spirituality and healing. Okay, so the void is actually a phase that I'm really starting to understand more and actually understand the beauty of it. So the void is usually comes after a dark night of the soul, or it might come before an ego death. Like again, guys, this is not linear. It's not like phase one or step one, have an ego death. Step two, have a dark night of the soul. Step three, like it's not like that. It's, they're all moving parts. Um, the void is this place where I, I can I'm only I can only use me as an example because I've lived it. And so my the work that I do, let me give you kind of some context so you can understand the void and then you can see how it fits into your life. But the work that I do requires creativity, um, purpose, intention. I don't just create things to to just throw it on the wall and say, oh, let's see what happens. Like I really, ask myself, what is it that isn't alive inside of me? What is it that people that, you know, follow me, what is it that they're looking for? What do they need? Um, and I really believe wholeheartedly that whatever I'm going through tends to be a reflection through my community. I believe that wholeheartedly. That's what's really amazing about community is like, if you're drawn to me or someone, it's because we have medicine, we have wisdom that can help you in the exact time of your life. And what I have found, this is also kind of a cool phenomenon, is have you ever like really been into someone and then for no for no reason, like nothing happened, 
but you're just kind of like, eh, not really feeling the vibe of that person anymore. Like, it's not like you hate them or you're mad at them, but you're just like, eh, that actually happened with me. There was, um, when was it? It was probably three years ago. I was so into this manifestation teacher, loved her, took her course, actually won a call with her. It was like, I was like, so, you know, team, team, you know, this woman, um, and nothing happened at all. Like she's still great. I still love her, but I just stopped following her and I just don't vibe with her content anymore. And I think it's because I really learned everything that I was meant to learn from her. And now I've kind of moved into my next evolution. And so, um, going back to my example, for me, I really am very uh, thoughtful about what I create and all of that. And it requires creativity. The beginning of this year, for for the beginning of this year, I was already feeling kind of a little uncomfortable and out of sorts because this friendship that I had that I just knew wasn't good for me, it was just making me feel really bad. It was, I just, I was in kind of like the energy of the completion of this relationship with this person. And I don't know, it just, it was causing a lot of confusion. And I just remember feeling really like bleh about creating for my business. I was like, I don't really, <coughs> I don't really know what to create. Um, and I, again, I don't like to force things. I don't like to just, you know, force things and push things. So literally from, I want to say March of this year until September, I was in the void and the void for me was like, it was just this quiet, dark place where I had no answers. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how it was going to come together, but I trusted that this was a part of the process. So the void is not necessarily sparked by anything. It's just kind of like, it just comes up and it usually comes up in the form of lack of energy, lack of motivation, lack of drive, lack of creativity. Um, maybe you're like a mom that has kids and you just love to cook and make them all the things. And you just enter into this period of like, ugh, you know, it's like the thought of having to go into the kitchen and do the thing. You're just like, I can't do this. You know, it's, it's just a moment and period of that. Now, what I'm learning about the void is that the void is a very important piece of creation. It's a very important piece of ascension. It's a very important piece of your spiritual and healing journey because the void represents the feminine. The feminine is the darkness. It's the unknown. And when I say darkness, I really want to clarify. I know when I heard dark feminine the first time, or you need, you need to step into the darkness. My mind immediately went to evil. I was like, why would I want to step into evil? Like, <laughs> hello, I don't want anything to do with anything that's evil. But that again was my conditioned mind. Darkness is just the opposite of light. And it doesn't, darkness doesn't mean evil. Darkness just means mystery. Darkness just means the unknown. So the void is the feminine. And if you want to create anything in your life, you need to have the feminine and the masculine. The masculine, when it comes to healing and spirituality, is the learning. 
It's the listening to podcasts. It's watching YouTube videos. It's reading books. It's taking courses. It's practicing your meditation. It's dancing and tapping and like all the things that you do and the information, that's the masculine. But the feminine is the void. And the feminine is such an important part of this process. And something that really sort of clicked for me the other day was when someone told me like, listen, the darkness isn't evil. It's not scary. When you plant, when you take a seed and you put it in the ground and you give it water and then you let the sunlight, you know, do its thing, that seed is in darkness. You planted it in the ground. It's in darkness. And through the sun and the water and the, and the, um, intelligence of that seed, it begins to sprout. It makes its way through the earth. It finds its way to the light. And then boom, you have um, uh, your plant growing. Same thing with a baby, right? A baby uh, conceived naturally is going to start in the womb where it's fucking pitch black. (laughs) It's dark in there. A baby, it is dark in there. And then when the baby is born, if they're delivered naturally, they literally make their way towards the light. So it's, there's, the void is the feminine. It's the darkness. It's the place where you go, where you have no answers, where you don't know anything and where you need to surrender into the unknown. And I can tell you, this is one of the hardest things to do, um, for humans because we want to know, we want to have certainty, But the void is really there to allow whatever is meant for you to bubble up to the surface. So for me, this telling you guys from March until literally the middle of September, I was in the void. I just didn't know what to create. I didn't know. I just was like, and I just trusted. I was like, I trust that one-to-one. If you guys follow me, you'll notice that this pretty much this entire year, the only thing that I've been selling has been one-to-one spots because I didn't have any creativity or energy or, you know, um, drive to put anything else out there. I just was really tending to my own ego deaths, my dark night of the soul, my void. I really was allowing myself to go inward, allowing myself to be quiet. Um, I started to tap into, and you know, honestly, in the void is you're, you're going to be um, influenced and intrigued by new things because a new layer of you is going to be coming up to the surface. So for me, it's so interesting. Something that was introduced to me years ago, I'm now listening. I'm now reading a book that was introduced to me years ago that I just wasn't ready for, and now I'm reading this book. It's called The Sophia Code. It's blowing my mind. It's basically, it's just blowing my mind. It's giving me these activations and these transmissions that I'm really feeling and seeing how they're working in my life. Like it's just been a whole thing, but I couldn't get there when I had this person on my mind that I was like, this friendship doesn't feel good. When all, you know, I was being betrayed by women in my town talking about me and, you know, not including my children and things like there was no way that I could be open to the space and the love that this new phase that I'm in right now is giving me 
when all of that was going on. The void also creates space. If you allow yourself to be in the void and you allow yourself to feel into the void and to move in the void and to just, if you don't make yourself wrong for being in the void, what happens is space is cleared out. What, what, and this can happen through crying or journaling, like however your process is in the void, it's creating space for new things to come in. That's the law of the vacuum. Law of vacuum states that when one thing leaves a space, it's immediately filled up. That's why, you know, in business, if you have a client leave or a customer leave, yeah, it sucks, but they're just making room for another client to, or customer to come or 10 more clients or customers to come. And when we understand this principle, we're not living in fear. So the void is the feminine. It's really important. I I believe collectively we're all we've all been in a kind of a void. Um, what's it called? COVID really, really you know put us all into a dark night of the soul. COVID probably brought us a lot of ego deaths. And now I'm feeling like collectively we're all kind of in the void and or coming out. This eclipse season that we just had really kind of uh, finalized a lot of things energetically. And so I remember for me, it was mid-September and I got my period and that period really brought this new, like I got my period and then five, six days later when my inner spring started to pop up, it brought this like new energy. And I remember telling the people in my life, like I can feel the fog lifting, I'm feeling more energized, I'm feeling more creative. And now I have a group program on sale. I have two master classes. Like I'm starting to feel creative again and it's feeling really good. People are wanting what I have, which is just affirming to me and giving me evidence that I'm on the right track. So that, my friends, is the void. And then last but not least, we have enlightenment. Um, enlightenment is a stage where like you're kind of just at the highest level of consciousness possible. This is where Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Buddha, a bunch of other men and women um, throughout the ages have have been, you, you know, these are the people that are messengers that really are bringing that, um, that high conscious message. Um, no, no human can really exist there all the time. And it really, this is just my opinion. It really should not be a goal to become enlightened. I think the goal is to just be where you are in every moment and to like be loving with yourself in those moments. Um, I know I've definitely had moments of enlightenment. Um, I know like when I gave birth, those moments right after of like, uh, what just happened? This is an actual baby that I created in my body. Like that was a moment of enlightenment. I've had nature walks where I've just felt so connected. Um, but enlightenment is just where you, you know, you feel, you embody the connection that you are to all of us. Um, this is really the highest level of consciousness, peace, joy, um, bliss. This is just where that lives. Um, and again, I don't think this should be the goal. I think the goal really is just be where you are, but know that there are moments of enlightenment. Um, yeah. So I think that's all I want to say about enlightenment. To me, enlightenment is kind of, I don't know. I, 
I don't like to be like, okay, again, I told you this in the beginning of the podcast, there is no there. So for me, it's like, I don't focus too much on like, oh my God, I have to become enlightened because then I'm not enjoying where I am. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoy this podcast. I am literally releasing it today. Um, and I want to tell you a little bit about the Black Friday specials that I have going for those of you that are looking to invest in yourself before the end of the year. Now, the thing is, the reason why I, I chose five offerings, I, I wanted to have two or three, but then I'm like, no, I want to give people options because I like options. Um, my intention for this Black Friday was to give you an opportunity to begin your healing, your spiritual process before next year, right? So many times we get caught in, oh, I'll do it next year, or that's my new year's resolution. But what if you took a little bit of time for yourself now? What if you exchanged some energy with money and your time on yourself now? Where will you then be on January 1? So that's kind of my intention is to kind of get you guys into momentum and I'm really excited to offer these offers. So the first one is called the Abundance Audio Activation. These are three potent audio drops coded in light and high frequency healing and love. These three sound activations will activate abundance within your cells. So there's three sound drops. One of them is a five minute meditation. The second one I believe is a 17 minute hypnosis. And then the third one is, I think it's like a 10 or 11 minute tapping sequence. And it's all on abundance, money, um, flow, that sort of thing. Okay. And that's just $55. The second active, the second offering is called the self-love journey. If you guys have been hanging out with me since the beginning of my coaching career, I created the self-love course. This is a course that I'm going to say close to a hundred people have taken at this point. It is something that I give all my one-to-one -one clients, my group programs, because it is the foundation to creating a life that you want. You cannot heal or do any of this stuff if you don't have a basic foundation and understanding of what self-love really is. And so the self-love journey comes with a self-love course and you're getting an invitation to my 2023 20, New Year's intention setting experience. Um, we're doing that in the middle of December. So you'll get an invitation to that. This is a value of over $1,000 and the investment is only 111. So 111. All right. Third offering is the human design experience. So this is for the person who really nerds out on human design. This is a BOGO experience where you're going to get a private one-on-one -on -one human design reading with me, plus a second integration call to deepen and explore your design and do any coaching around, you know, how to make it, how to start using the experiment in your life. So it comes with a, with one private human design plus a 60 minute coaching call. All of that is $333. The fourth offer, I'm calling this the VIP one-to-one one -one experience. Um, this is my one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it's also, it's my one-on-one -on -one coaching, which comes with the self-love course. It comes with an energy leadership assessment. It comes with Voxer support. It comes with all the calls and this Black Friday, you are also going to be gifted emotional alchemy, which is my signature course. This I'm going to talk about emotional alchemy in a second, but emotional it comes with the emotional alchemy course plus the live calls and a ticket to the intention setting masterclass. 
This is a savings of over $1,000. So this is just my normal one-to-one price, which is $3,333 for three months or $1,333. So that is for the person that has been wanting to work one-to-one on with me. If you're looking for your sign, this is it. Um, I only have a few spots open for that. And then the last offering is the Black Friday bonus, Emotional Alchemy. So Emotional Alchemy is the course that I created that is essentially, it's an eight-week experience of learning the tools to transform your pain and blocks and turn them into the magical fuel that propels you forward on your path and gets you out of your way. So you are going to be, there's really two parts to Emotional Alchemy. Part one is available the moment you purchase it. There's six modules already recorded, already like ready for you to go in in like a beautiful library on my website. Um, It comes with integration workbooks. So between now and the end of the year, you can start digging into this. Part one is really the masculine. It's going to be the information. It's going to be the, the, yeah, it's, it's just learning about conditioning and kind of the suffering and why things are the way they are. And I believe that when we have awareness around why things are the way we are, we then have choice in, do I want things to continue this way? Then the second part is going to happen in January and February. We're going to be getting four live calls, and this is going to be the feminine. This is going to be the embodiment. This is going to be going into those places. I'm going to be teaching you practices and techniques and tools. I'm going to be doing group coaching. We're going to do breath work. It's going to be so beautiful so that you can take all the information that you learned before you know, the end of the year, and then you're going to be applying it and really transforming and alchemizing. At the end of emotional alchemy, you are going to know how to take your anxiety, your low self-confidence, your sadness, your regret, your shame, all of that stuff. You are going to know how to actually transmute it and alchemize it in real life, in real time, I should say. So the abundance, I'm sorry, the emotional alchemy bonus comes with emotional alchemy and you're going to receive a bonus 30 minute one-to-one session with me plus a ticket to the new year's intention setting experience. So that investment is just $555 or $144 a month for four months. So that those are my black Friday specials guys. I'm really excited. I'm going to be dropping. I'll have the link here in the show notes. If you want to shop that, um, this is on sale until Monday at midnight. And um, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend. And I will see you guys next time.